right, so. All right, well, hi, everybody. Uh, coming to you live from the Eagle's Nest. And uh, I got on, uh, on the line with us today a very good friend of mine and his wife, Josh and Marty Joe Barrett. Josh is a former Marine Corps officer. Now, knowing Josh and the community he came from, I, I should probably specify he was a Marine Corps chief warrant officer. Um, not right. to be confused with the uh, any any sort of ring knocker or whatever other nicknames we want to give the fully commissioned officers. Um, Josh has a very interesting career, which I will let him talk about. But before we get there, uh, I met Josh in about 2003. Actually, it was 2002, before the initial invasion into Iraq. He and I were part of a special unit. It was before the Marine Corps had special operations. They had special operations capable. And Josh and I were part of a unit within that unit. Um, we went into Iraq in the initial invasion, did a lot of cool stuff. Fast forward to the end of that deployment, um, Josh and one of his partners approaches me or somewhere out in the middle of the Indian Ocean on the Tarawa, I believe it was, the USS Tarawa. Wait, that brings back memories. Yeah. Tarawa. And, and he comes up and he says, um, hey, you know, we've been watching you and uh, we we think you would be a good fit for this particular job that we do. And he he tells me all about the job. And at the time, I had my heart set on going off the force recon, which I never did. But at the time, I wanted to. <laughs> so he tells me about this job, and it just sounded amazing. You know, I'm thinking like uh, – Brad Pitt and Spy Game or something. I don't even know if that movie had come out yet, but that's what I was thinking. And I was like, there's no way that this job even exists in the Marine Corps. So I went back and talked to my lieutenant, who I had a lot of respect for, and he's like, yeah, that exists. And I was like, well, how come I never heard of it? And he's like, well, I thought you just wanted to go recon, so I never bothered saying nothing about it. Well, at the time, I was a very young – I was a new sergeant. We just had our baptism under fire. The job sounded great, but it didn't sound like there was a lot of shooting involved. So I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to give up my gun yet. Fast forward about five years and a couple more deployments to Iraq, um, I sort of got myself promoted out of a job. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And I thought I thought back, and I was like, Josh Barrett, Josh Barrett. Man, I wonder, if, I wonder what my chances are of still – get wow. into that community yeah wow. and um you know it was a process to get in uh but as i was going through the process i was i was trying to name drop as much as i could and i would always ask me you know josh baird you know josh baird? you know you know matt carlo you know josh baird yeah yeah yeah. great guys great guys so i was like well if everybody you know if, if i'm associated with them maybe it'll kind of grease the skids for me to get in and i think all it did was uh make my life harder because now I had a higher expectation to live up to. Um, but eventually I, I made it into the community and Josh and I had probably not spoken since between 2003 and 2017 when everybody from our generation started retiring. Sure. You know, I remember hearing my dad saying, you know, Oh, anymore. I'll ever, I only see the family when we go to funerals. Well, then we start seeing old Marines when you go to retirements. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's right. But that whole time that I, that I did that job, you know, uh, and, and with the admin of Facebook and social media, um, eventually we became friends on the network. I didn't even know if you even remembered who I was, but I was always watching to see what you were doing. And I was like, that's, that's the guy that I want to model my career after. And I was very fortunate to eventually reconnect with you. Um, 
and have good leadership because we do have a lot of the same friends. And it's been a lot of fun watching you and Marty in your post-Marine Corps career um, and and going on this journey of, uh, you know, healthy living. And as I said in the our little pre-interview, um, you know, the reason why we're doing this is because we, we want to get information out there about, um, you know, healthy living and the benefits that it can have on our brothers and sisters in arms, whether they're still in or as they transition out. So that's uh, that's the story of me and Josh. And now I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit about yourself, share your some backgrounds. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, brother. And like I said, it's, it's amazing. Though I do think there was uh, – I thought we crossed paths in 2008 or 2009, right? I thought we, we reconnected briefly, and then we saw each other again at Joe's retirement. But I, 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 Maybe at a career fair or something. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I thought, I thought as we were coming out of Iraq, you were going in, and I thought – it, it doesn't matter. I thought there was some, uh, right 2008, 2009. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, man. And uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on my career a little bit and, um, and connect some of the dots here and how we, we got to where we are today. Um, so I did 25 years all together in you know, supporting uh, the Department of Defense. I did not start out in the Marine Corps. Uh, I started out in Naval Special Warfare. I uh, did five years actually when I met Marty. I was reassigned to SEAL Team 3 when I had met her and had just come back from a deployment, my second combat tour at that time, and I needed to unwind. And we met on the top of a mountain, which is a whole nother story <laughs> and how we met. I wasn't looking yeah. for her and yeah, all that stuff. Hour for that. Yeah. And, and we met and we, we've been together. And that's, that was in 1995, so 24 years ago. And uh, we, we've been together since that day. <laughs> it's yeah. been a minute. Um, <laughs> So I started out with the, the Special Forces community, uh, ended up doing an inner service transfer into the Marine Corps, and again, found myself in a uh, uh, the, the Marine Corps at the time, had them, which was some boat units, right? So I was with India Company 3-1, I was in a boat unit, and I figured if I'm going to be out there and miserable on these little black Zodiacs, I might as well go back to recon. Uh, and so I was with uh, a recon unit when the, the coal was blown up. Uh, I was on that rescue mission, and uh, it was during that time a bunch of long-haired, beardy guys recruited me to come into a special unit, uh, and and it was at that time I went and did that stuff, and, and because of my background and getting attached to that unit, uh, my first couple of deployments were attached to recon and force recon, and, and then did a lot of that. So I tell you all that because... It was, it was eight years, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, out of that 25 years, I did eight combat tours. Uh, I came out with two Purple Hearts. Uh, probably should have a third one that I've never uh, applied for, right, and, and let the paperwork uh, fall through. Uh, and one of the big things is is that uh, I was suffered from a traumatic brain injury. It was probably the most profound one, uh, despite all the other physical ailments that I had. And, uh, and I was in misery. Uh, it, it, it took them seven years to diagnose me with the traumatic brain injury. And I was having just uh, chronic migraines. Um, and, and when you don't feel well and you don't have migraines, you, you sometimes can let the depression monster come in there and get inside your OODA loop. <laughs> 
right? And OODA loop is a, is a uh, Marine Corps term, it's an infantry term, right? Uh, but basically it means it gets inside your mind, right? And when you don't feel well and life is miserable, right? And I didn't know what was causing it. And at the time, the doctors gave me a, a, just a lot of medicine to combat uh, the traumatic brain injury. So there was a lot of pills that I had to take. I had to take a pill at eight o'clock every night or 20 hundred every night just to prevent my brain from seizing up. Uh, and then I had to take eye drops. And then, I, and if I did get a headache, despite taking these, these pills, uh, I had another set of medicine to stop the headache. And if that didn't work, I had an injector that I had to take to inject myself to stop the headaches. And if that didn't work, uh, I had a, um, a heavier narcotic to take to that would literally just put me out. And once I was out, I was out. Um, and that wasn't, as you can imagine, that's not a way to, to live your life. Right. And so what really started this, this path going back towards a progressive healthy lifestyle and, and ultimately ended me getting off my drugs uh, was my wife's pursuit to get off her drugs. <laughs> uh, drugs so, going on. <laughs> well, so Marty Jo is uh, she's diabetic, right? And uh, and we've struggled for many years with uh, medication for her, her blood sugar levels, and and maintaining her weight, getting her at a healthy weight. Um, and Marty started exploring, and I'll let I'll, I'll turn it over to her and let her explore. It, but she started exploring some of the ketogenic diet, right? Uh, and the benefits that that has on you, uh, both physiologically, but also mentally as well. And did you accidentally summon me? Was that a my, question? <laughs> that, that was my, uh, my engineer, uh, oh, you sound dealing with Siri or, or something. <laughs> might, might be some sabotage going on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So at L Marty tell her what, what got in her into it. So one thing you're going to find anything that we talk about, we hear is that Marty knows this very well. I am a skeptic. I am a skeptic by nature. I don't take anything at face value. I have to stop and I have to research. I have to do the literature. I have to cross compartment. That's what I always expected of you. I know. I know. Right. So <laughs> when, when we were out <laughs> yeah. together, you know, I always push you, challenge, you know, the truth find the facts, right? And it made you a, a, an outstanding Marine, somebody that I've always been proud to watch, right? And so, but you know that about me. I'm, I'm a skeptic. I want the truth and I'm going to find the truth. Um, so let me pause right there and, and let Marty answer of, of ultimately what led her to start exploring a healthy lifestyle, right? In the, in the ketogenic lifestyle. Yeah, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Uh, in 1999, I was pregnant with Cameron, and they said, you have gestational diabetes. And it's been a roller coaster ever since. Glucophage, metformin, medication, mm. highs and lows. I always had high blood sugar, which is diabetes, type 2. They said gestational, but it never went away. Right, gave right. Uh, so 18 years of that, going up to 20. Um, sick up and down, mostly good days, but when it was bad, it was really bad, over the toilet bad, because I'd try to eat right and do the right thing with my body, exercise, and I'd lower that blood sugar, but I'd continue to take the medication, which would lower it more, 
making me sick. So it was just, you know, a roller coaster. Um, anyway, last year, uh, I was asked to be a uh, maid of honor in a wedding and I had to wear a dress, a strapless dress. <laughs> and I, I was just doing some research on something quick. I had four weeks exactly. And I thought, mm, just, you know, scrolling through YouTube, looking around as I've done for years. But I ran across Dr. Eric Berg and he changed my life and ketogenics took over from there. Um, I stopped taking pills that day. I've not dropped a ton of weight, probably 15 pounds this year, but my body's changed size wise, which was not my main goal. It was that first four weeks because I wanted to zip that dress and I zipped that dress, <laughs> which is great. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. But more importantly was my blood sugar levels. And mm -hmm. I learned all yeah. about that, that your blood sugar is what's the most important thing because that is a predictor of your insulin, et cetera, which he'll get into all that in a little bit. But You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned that the main reason at the time was to drop the weight to get into a dress, which uh, the same thing happened with me was I wanted to lose weight. And then mm -hmm. and I was, I was introduced to the ketogenic diet, Dr. Berg as well. Mm -hmm. There you go. My my special lady friend, to quote the Big Lebowski, um, she said, "Hey, you know Eric Berg uh, has his own certification." Yeah. So I said, "Okay, well, I got time to kill, so I did that." And it, you know, in the process, all I wanted to do was not be fat anymore. And uh, I started right. learning and learning more and more and more, and that just went. And and I'll ask you guys about this later on, but it just dovetailed into a whole bunch of other things and other resources and i started right? learning yeah. the medical benefits yeah and then it was like, a better addiction wow. yeah yeah right yeah so. that's fantastic i remember the first day i told him about <laughs> he was <laughs> he was eating a banana <laughs> you know <laughs> i just learned something about bananas let me just share it with you so a couple days went by, i said look can we just sit in the living room i pulled Dr. Berg up on the TV and I said, just watch one, just watch one about bananas because we'd already gotten to that fight about bananas and sugar. And he watched it and he was ticked. He got up and walked out of that room because he did not want to give up bananas. He was madder than a wet hen in that bedroom. Mm -hmm. Well, he's my thinker. It's just a banana. It's, a, right? it's, it's a just banana. a banana. <laughs> you don't and realize. And I marathons and I need energy. Okay. Yeah, okay you honey, go on. Like you said, the research and everything, you don't realize yeah. how perverted a banana has become it's not the same but that our that, that our ancestors yeah. ate it's not even the same banana that our great-grandparents ate yeah. you know anyway i just gave him time to think and as my wonderful husband usually mm. does <laughs> my favorite thing he's always said is just good point it's a good point and so he starts thinking so he started doing his own research is what he needed to do and he learned all the things that you and i have learned and that's how it started yeah to nutshell that so yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll just add, right? And I'll dovetail to all those points. And she knows that. She knows that she plants that little seed in my head that I, I, I'm i going to prove her wrong. I'm going to prove her why the gosh darn banana is good, right? And, and, then, and then what happens is I end up educating myself. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about right. that for a second, right? Because I want to talk about that because this is very important to, to, your, to our veteran community, any listeners that's listening to this channel, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit about my background. Um, so I grew up very, very poor. Uh, and when I mean poor, I was very poor too, where we didn't have heat. We were living in trailers and uh, we were always, if you ask 
any of my, my, my brothers, unfortunately I had one that passed away, but, uh, but you asked my younger brother, what do you remember about our childhood? It's always hunger, right? He'll say, I remember being hungry. Uh, and when, and when I say we were poor, we were going to the thrift store to buy clothes. And if you can imagine the anxiety that, that I somebody. I still go to thrift stores this week to buy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a different perspective now yeah. Uh, yeah. on that stuff, but I'm talking about in the child, and this ties into my educational background here. But uh, if you can imagine when you're so poor and you're going to the thrift store and you're going to, to middle school and high school and you're wearing clothes from the thrift store, you just don't know if you're wearing the clothes from one of your fellow classmates, right? Never so, thought of that, yeah. Yeah, well, when you're 13, 14, that's, you know, it's a lot of anxiety, right? And um, then I remember going to school and we had somebody that was that you know that the, the high school invited in there i take the back it was junior high and somebody said uh talking about education in college and he said something that i never forgot and i went up to him and asked him about but he, he posed this question to the audience he says do you know what a library is and your natural instinct, oh, well, it's a place with books and all this other stuff, right? And that's the response that he got from the crowd. And he said, no, a library is the collection of the world's greatest minds. And the material and the resources there are free. If you want to learn about chemistry, don't let your social status stop you from learning right? You can go to the library and you can learn anything you want to know about biology, chemistry, astrology, another language. It's all there. So don't let your social stature dictate your educational background. And it was right on. And from that, that inspired this passion of learning that I've, I've carried my whole life. Uh, I have uh, a master's degree. I'm currently uh, pursuing a doctorate uh, I'll be getting my, my doctoral degree, uh, hopefully here in three years. Um, but my point in all of this is when I, when I looked back and I, and I started reading and I started learning and I started really looking at our past and, and how we've become a society of naysayers and this, and I'll tie this there here in a second. Um, when you look at our forefathers and, and when I mean our forefathers, I'm talking about Thomas Adams. Uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and, and all the, the great uh, forebearers of this nation, uh, they were learned and they were learned in many disciplines. They were learned in philosophy, theolo uh, theology, they were learned in chemistry, politics, um, uh, you know, chemistry, mathematics of the time, art, literature, poetry. They just decided that they wanted to uh, specialized usually in law or history or writing but they were so learned and that's what the word learned used to mean is that they were proficient in many one of those disciplines and because of that holistic uh, approach to education and studying different areas uh, they were able to find truth and and for a lot of you I don't know if you guys realize but university is actually a combination of two words. University is finding universal truth in the diversity of information. 
Uh, and that's why universities were stood up, like Harvard, Yale, uh, and some of the ones in Cambridge and Scotland and, and throughout the world, right, is to bring universal truth. So what does that have to do with our fitness and where we're at today? Is because you need to understand and do the research. You need to pull the threads and look at things holistic. You have to understand, for example, how did our dietary guidelines become the way they are today? Why is cholesterol uh, so feared? How did it get this, the, this unfounded stigma? How did we go from a heavier uh, you know, uh, fat diet that our predecessors used to eat to a, you know, the moderate protein and fat to all of a sudden to a carbohydrate you know, heavy dietary guidelines? And for you to dispel the, the myths of cholesterol and what it is in your body, you need to do the research. You have to understand all these effects. You have to understand that your body doesn't understand calories. Calorie is a man-made number that we use mathematical computations to try and figure out how much a grain of rice is going to produce energy in your body or how much is half a banana going to produce that, right? Everybody's physiology is different. Your hormones are different. So your body's going to react to that pea or that banana or something different. But the key is to understand how the body works. And the only way you're going to do that is if you research and you understand, you got to understand the dogma of the big food, the pharmacy, the, the vegetable oil industries, and you have to understand how the body works at a hormonal level. Every time we eat, it's a hormonal response. It is, it, and, and you have to understand that different foods elicit different hormonal responses. Uh, some, for example, the biggest hormone, as we know, is insulin in your body. Uh, certain foods, you're going to spike that insulin, and if that insulin stays elevated for a long period of time, then you're going to have problems with fat uh, storage because your body's going, your, your pancreas is going to start to fail. That adipose tissue is going to start getting pumped full of the fat. The liver is going to become so fat that it can't operate like it's uh, intended to do. And then you're going to start becoming pre-diabetic and then you're going to become diabetic and then you're going to start having continued health issues. And if you let the doctors treat, so diabetes, for example, as we know, is a diet problem. It's an insulin problem. So if, if, it's, if it's the problem of having too much insulin, and this is just a common sense question I'll ask you, how does it make sense to treat a diabetic by giving them more insulin? That's the problem with type 2 diabetes. Your body is producing too much insulin to begin with because it's, it's, it's be your body's become insulin resistant. Your pancreas is, is failing, and it's just massively dumping insulin into your body every time you eat. So that's what I mean. We control our own destinies. So don't let a doctor or somebody tell you, I'm a doctor, shut up and color. <laughs> okay? Because I can read that and, and that's what and that's what I'm going back to that is I can read the literature just as you can. I'm learned. I know how to read a medical journal, a medical paper. Just because you have MD behind your name doesn't mean that you and I cannot read the same papers and, and come to different conclusions. So the problem is, is that a lot of people go in and they take the information that their doctors give them at face value. And that's how we have a society that is hooked on 
pills. You have got to be your own advocate. Well, and, and it's interesting because I know, um, I remember at one point in time, you were pretty excited, I think, about maybe a fast or something that you had just completed. And, and a friend of yours had said something about, I'll trust the Harvard research over whatever it was you had referenced at the time. And it was a YouTube video, I think. Okay. And yeah, yeah. It, it brings up, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it brings up so many, for lack of a better word, emotions, I guess, because it's this thing about, okay, just because I don't have a degree doesn't mean I'm stupid. Um, because I know there's, right. and it also, it kind of gets into the information overload too, because there's Harvard studies that will support everything that we're talking about right now. There's probably Harvard studies that will support things completely 180 from what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Everybody says, go on PubMed. You go on PubMed, you're going to find all kind of research that supports all, whatever the research being done was, whatever the project was. Um, sure. And it's to the individual. This is the way I sort of approach it. I collect as much information as I can. I analyze it. I make my assessment and say, this is the path that I'm going to take, or this is the path that I'm not going to take. Or maybe I'm going to combine multiple paths. Yeah. So it, it, that's true. And that's a great point. So I, you, you hit on three things there. And let me, let me unpack that a little bit. Uh, so one, I'm going to go back to the, the to the, the disparaging comment, right? That was on my page about somebody about the Harvard because of YouTube. So this guy it obviously doesn't realize that's today's world and that's today's media. If I'm a medical doctor, just because I post something on YouTube, right? Doesn't mean my credentials of MD go away, right? I'm still a medical doctor. I'm still publishing. I'm still writing this stuff or whatever, PhD, right? My credentials don't go away. But how do people learn in this day and age? It's, it's via social media. So if I have something that I want to give out, I'm going to tap into what everybody's looking at. So you're ignorant to think that uh, uh, just because a doctor or somebody does something on YouTube is, is no longer credible. All right. If you actually search that doctor's name in PubMed or JAMA, you know, the Journal of American Medical Association, you'll find that doctor in their, liter their published literature. Right. Sure. So that's that's one thing I, I want to touch on is don't be afraid to explore YouTube. Just don't get into the bro science, right? Make sure if you're watching the videos that they're credentialed doctors, right? Do do your research. It takes you to find out is this guy really credentialed, right? And find out their background. But YouTube, social media, Twitter, that's the way it is, and that's what people are going to approach the masks. Second thing you said, let's talk about the studies, right? So most nutritional studies out there, right, are uh, they they're they're done by surveys, right? And, and there's, and so they're, they're all, they're not, they're not empirical. They're not random controlled studies, right? And a lot of these surveys, right, in the nutrition world, and that's the problem with the nutrition world, is they'll send these epidemiological studies out and they'll say, hey, you know, in the past week, how much of this did you ate? Did you affect this? So how many people do you think are actually sent honest on these surveys? Right. That's because you're everybody's going to try and put themselves in the best light. Really, my point is, is that they cannot show causation. They can only show correlation. Right. Uh, you need to do controlled studies to prove or disprove that causation. And I'll give you an example. Uh, and this would be an example of one of these studies. 
we can say and we can do a survey that every time a new Kevin Bacon movie comes out, there's an increase in drownings and pools. And that may be true. There may be some correlation that time. Every time a Kevin Bacon movie comes out, there's an increase in pool deaths. But is that cause? Does that prove cause? It does not. So a lot of your nutritional, uh, like the American Diabetes Association and, and some of these other uh, um, uh, association, right? They do these studies and then they promote them as the gospel. Okay, it's it's not true. And then and then what happens is you get the New York Times, New Post, or, uh, you know, uh, any numerous newspapers, right? That start the Guardian, for example. I've seen some stuff uh, and the UK's Guardian that that just get on top of these surveys, right? And and don't realize that they are uh, epidemiological studies. They are not random controlled studies and, and they put it out there. So that's part of what influences that. And that, you know, we, of course, well, if the American Diabetes Association or the American Heart Association puts something out, uh, then it's true. Um, we know now that is not the case. We know that, you know, a lot of these big industries have funded a lot of these uh, uh, studies. Uh, the American Heart Association is a perfect example. It was a Funked organization that was that maybe three or four people, and then Procter and Gamble overnight gave them 1.6 billion dollars in today's money to do a study uh, on on how oils would lower cholesterol. Okay, when your money is coming from a big you know coffer like that, you have a little bit of interest to, to support. You want that money to come in, right? So, two things is don't, you know, get wrapped around the axle about YouTube. Just verify the credentials. Two, make sure that when you're looking at these studies, figure out what kind of study. Are they a survey or are they a random controlled study? And the second thing is, for me personally, I tend to put most of the credence in meta-analysis studies, right? So, what meta-analysis studies do is that they will take all the published literature on a certain area, uh, so let's just say in this case it's low carb or cholesterol, and they'll put all 200 and some of these studies together, and what they'll do is they'll, they'll say, okay, what is the common thread in all of these studies? Do they prove a uh, direct correlation or a direct causation on these studies? And I, I'm here to tell you, folks, Again, do your own research. Uh, the meta-analysis shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that cholesterol has nothing to do with cardi cardiovascular disease or poor cardiovascular health. Uh, the benefits of fasting uh, have been out there and been around for a long time. And, and in fact, uh, the low-carb diet and the benefits uh, to the low-carb lifestyle goes back to the early 1900s. So it's nothing new. It's been around there. And that's just talking about the studies. And if you want to go back and just look at the historical records, if you want to look at writings of like Lewis and Clark uh, beyond the, the scientific and, the, and beyond the nutritional uh, guidelines, you can see information that's been out there uh, the way we've, we've eaten. So again, I, I put more credence in meta-analysis because they look at a larger repository and say, what is the truth in all these? So you got 200 studies. What are they, they correlating? So that will help you kind of assess 
where you wanted to, to lean towards, right? At the end of the day, you got to make your own decisions, but let that information inform you. I got to say cholesterol is the big fear. That is the fear of why people don't want to do high fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate. They're not afraid to do low carbohydrate. They know that's right. Don't eat so much sugar, right? Protein, a moderate amount sounds right. But when people say high fat, they don't want to hear it, especially when you throw in butter, the word butter. Or, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know if they're fearful of coconut oil or olive oil, but truly it's cholesterol. So that is a very good point. Yeah. Hmm. Like you said, maybe you guys can correct me. Um, it probably goes back to the fifties. I believe I, I might be speaking out of school, but again, it goes to that um, big industry funding where they were villainizing cholesterol to promote something else. Um, and, and when, in fact, our bodies produce the majority of the cholesterol that we have, and you need cholesterol. Uh, right. You know, I mean, it's what grows the brain when, yeah. when you're in, in the womb. And, and when you come out, it's cholesterol building the brain. You need cholesterol for hormones and all this other stuff. And, you know, when, when I took my uh, Dr. Berg course, one of the things that I thought was interesting was it's not cholesterol that cause, clogs arteries. It's right cholesterol and calcium running into each other at the site of inflammation. So basically you have a traffic jam of first responders. And if you don't have enough micronutrients to keep everything flowing, that's when you get the problem because exactly. it's actually cholesterol yeah. is supposed to be fixing the inflammation, not the calcium. Yeah. The, yeah, the sugar are little shards of glass that are mm -hmm. cutting into the arteries and veins Yeah, yeah. where it in turn, inflames and the cholesterol rushes exactly and what i found interesting when i had heard this you know when you hear something new for the first time you go looking for it and it appears that it's all over the place you just didn't know what to look for i know yeah, so, i know ah 20 yeah years. and so yeah. man you, you hit on so many things here and so so you're right so one thing i'll tell you for you you're spot on they they always try to treat the symptom and not the cause right so we know that cholesterol is at the crime scene right? Uh, but it's not the perpetrator. It was there to heal. So you have to ask yourself, and, and actually, wanna, I want to actually roll this back a little bit, because do you know how much cholesterol is actually in that, that plaque, right? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the right. plaque, right? right? So 76, and you already touched on that, but 76% of that plaque that is in your, your arteries is, is calcium, right? And the rest of that is, is like 15% is uh, white foam tissue. And then I think 7% of that is um, lipids, right? Your, your lipid, and, and again, people can confuse HDL and LDL with cholesterol. They're not, right? HDL is high density lipid protein. LDL is your low density lipoprotein, right? They're, they're carriers of cholesterol. LDL is not cholesterol. HDL is not cholesterol. They're, they're carriers, right? And then you got APOA, APOB. Those are the particles of cholesterol. Anyways, my point is, is in that plaque, it's mostly calcium. It's less than half a percent that's actually cholesterol in that plaque. And as you said, that cholesterol there, as they're running into each other, is that the cholesterol is there to heal the wound. It's a scab. And, and if we stopped, and this goes back to the cause, you got to treat the cause and not the symptom. If you stop keeping your blood sugar so high, so elevated, where it had these massive amounts of inflammation in your body, well, guess what? The, the, the plaque would actually break up and dissolve on its own, right? Just like an outside scab would, right? So 
got to go back and say, well, if I have these lesions and I have this inflammation or this bleeding, why is the plaque there? Because it's trying to heal. So, but what's causing the lesions, right? It's, it's, it's not cholesterol. It's not just, you know, or the plaque isn't just building up for no reason. You got to go back to the cause. Yeah. But going back to your cholesterol point, and, and you're right, it was in the, it was, uh, it was in the fifties. It was, um, it was Dr. Ansel Keys, right? It was the seven country study that we know now was, was terrible. We did have, in fact, a, uh, and it is truthful, and, and I don't blame Keys for the initiating the study, right? There was an increase in cardiovascular disease. Um, and in his theory and his hypothesis, it was that it was cholesterol, right? So he came out with this, the seven country studies to show that the, the, the countries that ate the, the most uh, fat had the most heart disease compared to the countries that didn't, that didn't. The problem was, is that he cherry picked the data, right? There in fact, wasn't seven countries. There was 22 countries, but the, the, the other uh, 15 countries didn't fit his theory, so he discarded that data. And not only that, there were there were time periods that he he looked at. So some of the countries that he studied were they were in the middle of Ramadan, right? So they were fasting all day long, and they were essentially eating one meal a day. And so there was a lot of vegetables and fat and all that stuff in there. But compared to a lot of stuff, they weren't eating it. He, he was looking at some of the Mediterranean stuff, and, and we know there's there's tons of issues with with that and their diet. And again, all of this was also done by survey, right? And all this stuff. Uh, we we know now that there were a lot of dissenting voices that said that his his studies were wrong, uh, but he was so dogmatic that he was able to push it down, push it down. And this all happened to be coalescing at the same time with the vegetable oils, right? And, and for you guys that don't know, uh, vegetable oils are not vegetables. First of all, they come from seeds, right? They come from sunflower seeds, corn seeds, soybeans, and, and you, you can't press them, right? And vegetable oils were originally created as heavy industrial lubricants. They were not designed for human consumption. They are so caustic and oxidized so fast that they, that they deteriorate it. So to get vegetable oils, they have to add chemicals to these seeds to extract the oil, and then they have to add detergent and cleaners to uh, make it less toxic, less uh, oxidizable, um, just to be consumed by the body. Uh, but as soon as you break the lid on these things, uh, you know, oxygen hits to them, it speeds up that rapid deterioration process. Um, you can Google your own information. Tons of stories with uh, aprons catching on fire even after they've been cleaned because the vegetable oils are there. And they took this and replaced it with the saturated fats and triglycerides. And so all the foods that you're eating today, the processed foods, are in these highly toxic vegetable oils, right? So you think about the damage that all it's doing on your body. Oil, all, uh, corn oil. Yeah, Crisco, right? And Crisco, yeah. when somebody found out Crisco... Procter and Gamble, right? We talked about that earlier. Crisco, uh, for your audience that doesn't know, Crisco stands for crystallized cottonseed oil, right? And it was an accident, and it found that it looked like lard. And when they had all these cotton seeds left over, because you only need so many um, cotton seeds to, to do your bumper crop the next year. So the industry is like, well, what are we doing with this? We got X amount that's being used for lubricants. We have X amount to grow cotton seeds. Hey, this looks like law. 
can we do something with it to to, to make feel, people eat it to make people eat it it's it's money maker right <laughs> so so that's something to think about but but to go back to the cholesterol piece right so i just want you to know that vegetable oils are, are terrible for your body and and what you said earlier about your body does need cholesterol so your body makes 2000 milligrams of cholesterol a day on its own right and it's a negative feedback loop so what i mean by that is if 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 we if we eat 500 uh, milligrams of dietary cholesterol that means our body's only going to produce 15 or 1500 milligrams right it, it maintains that homeostasis a uh, very little of your outside consumption of cholesterol through saturated fat ends up in your blood cholesterol which is really what we're concerned about that's the triglycerides right that's completely different for the record but but they always get confused between blood cholesterol which is triglycerides and your saturated fats and the cholesterol we consume right but you mentioned that yeah our brain is the biggest consumer so 75% of that cholesterol that your body produces is consumed by the brain right every hormone body or every hormone in your body at its root it has cholesterol as the base so when we're talking about estrogen uh, testosterone your adrenals right uh, um, and your uh, adrenaline right your 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 thyroid all these hormones at its root are based on cholesterol you have three trillion cells in your body approximately don't look at me and so <laughs> sounds good so every three one of those cells one. every one of those cells in your body that lipid layer that surrounds those three thousand those three thousand those three trillion cells is made up of cholesterol cholesterol acts as the gatekeeper to let nutrients in or out of those cells so the, the point is this if cholesterol is so important to our body especially in the children when they're being born because that's what yes. that you mentioned earlier talks about brain growth right so in babies that is feeding off of cholesterol right mm -hmm. so if it's so important and it's absolutely vital to our body how does it make sense to stop cholesterol from a common i'm just not, we're not even talking about scientific we're just talking about common sense you every part of your is made with cholesterol. How does it make sense to limit cholesterol? How did we become to demonize it? Well, it goes back to bad science, dogma, food, all this other stuff. That's money. where money, you know. So, money. so know your research, and that's and that's what your guys' point between you and Marty is. Right? People fear cholesterol, and they don't understand how cholesterol plays a vital part in the body and they don't understand what HDL is. They don't understand what LDL is. No, guys, it, uh, between the three of us, we could probably go from the, the pinky toe all the way up and, and probably make corrections to, to every part of the body, you know, between yeah, modern yes. science and whatever. <laughs> um, I would like to go back, Josh, and, and revisit your uh, – TBI experience. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think you're the first person that I personally know who has had to take an injection um, for yeah. TBI. Most of my buddies, and I, I call it trial and error because, like, when I have conversations with people, you know, I, I just took that food as medicine course. Um, and in various veterans groups, I always see people asking, who's on this medicine? Can I take this medicine with this medicine? And what I have seen, and I've been through it myself, but mostly with, I've fared pretty well. 
compared to some of my friends. Um, they get prescribed something, it doesn't work. They get the same medicine with a higher dose, it doesn't work. So they get a new medicine and come off the old medicine, but that doesn't work. So then they add the old medicine with the new medicine. And, and things just progressively worse. And, and I, I, I don't want to say it's not because people don't want to help them. I just think there, there's a huge gap in, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but you know, a lot of it should be common sense. But there, there's a huge information gap between you know, doctors of now and nature. I mean, so when we talk about, I'll get back to your, your TBI, but, you know, PTSD is a big one, which a lot of people are now saying it may be misdiagnosed TBI. But if we just look at the symptoms of PTSD, what's the common ones? Can't sleep, anxiety, nervousness, stress. Now, when people say stress, stress is stress. Depression, that's a big one. Our bodies are designed to be able to handle that. We're, yep. be able to we're designed to be able to deal with stress in its many forms, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, um, through the regulation in the brain with the neurotransmitters and the various hormones that control you know, how we react to certain situations. So instead of the, the trial and error of pills that clearly are not working because people keep killing themselves, mm -hmm. why not take a step back and say, okay, this guy's brain's not working. Why is it not working? Mm. Not mm -hmm. producing enough GABA. Why is he not? It doesn't stop there. Okay, you've identified he's not producing enough GABA. GABA is an uh, inhibitory neurotransmitter that is supposed to help us relax. Um, right. And, and I want to say, I just want to add this because when, when I try to talk to people about GABA, I need to make it clear. It's not something that's going to put you to sleep. It's, it's something that helps you relax so that you can go to sleep because your brain is just constantly going. Mm -hmm. But if that's identified, it doesn't stop there. Why is it not producing enough GABA? Oh, maybe there's something wrong in the gut. Maybe yeah. um, the body's not absorbing B vitamins to make the neurotransmitters. Well, why is that? And, and, and that's where, you know, functional medicine, now it has a name, whether it's functional medicine or integrative medicine, it's starting to get into that. Um, I got to watch myself because I can spiral out of control going down these rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I so, see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling it. But, but I, I think that's interesting. It, it's a, something important to know because it comes down to identifying a problem and is prescription medicine the right thing to do? I don't think it's because psychiatrists and doctors don't want to help people. I just think there's a huge information gap. And that being said, right. um, you know, you're the first person I've known who had to take an injection because your TBI was so bad. I, um, I, I can imagine what the symptoms are. So what I want to ask Marty Joe, and, and now I know that you have been dealing with diabetes, so you've had your own issues. Mm -hmm. Knowing Josh's career, NSW, you know, special missions in, in the Marine Corps for 25 years and, and doing a bunch of other things. Um, yeah. What was it like watching him going through all of this from the time before it was diagnosed to the diagnosis and post-diagnosis. Cause I, I can only imagine that in itself was you're on your own roller coaster. He's on his roller coaster and they were bound to meet in the middle somewhere. It's crazy. 
you know, he would leave for so long. Our first uh, 15 years together, he was gone a good 11 of those years consecutively, but there wasn't much time together. But we've always been so close, it didn't matter. My heart was on the other side of the world, didn't matter. He shares everything with me. So to see him come back and have to do um, all the things he needed to do to care for himself, which often would be laying in bed with an ice pack on his, on his eyes, um, skipping work, which he's not that kind of man like yourself. You guys are men of integrity and you love your work, period. Um, it was hard to see my rock down, you know. Um, uh, the medicines helped, but not 100%. When that, when that finally came around to the point where he decided to let go of the medication because he was feeling so good, um, it was such a relief to see him relieved of the pain, physical pain, mental, emotional, couldn't get done what he wanted to get done, all of it. So it's been a really great year for us. And I just see him getting stronger and faster every day, just, just excelling in his life. Yeah. I've never seen him so mentally stable and clear and physically strong ever it excites me it makes me so happy for him i you know that's what love is it's mm. it's not just being proud of someone it's being happy for them and mm. i'm so happy for him that he's come this far and found an answer to his tbi so yeah it was really hard to see him down but he's back and i think when you can go a whole year without symptoms dare i say cured you know, I really love it. And I feel the same with diabetes. Yeah. Dare I say cured. As long as I eat ketogenics and for me, we haven't really touched on the fasting. Fasting cures. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's I've noticed that, that, that mm -hmm. it's been wonderful. So if, if it's fix it, you know, Is, that's all. Yeah. Your, your decision to come off of uh, the meds, um, is this something you discuss with your doctors or did you say this isn't working? I'm, I'm taking it into my own hands. Uh, yeah. The latter. Right. And so, I know that's an improper question. You don't have a ketogenic doctor around here. Our doctors, you know, look down their noses at us, but it doesn't matter. Like I said, you know, when mm -hmm. you guys touched on your degrees, just because he decided to get degrees in other fields like yourself, Besides becoming a doctor of ketogenics, et cetera, which you've learned a lot about, but an actual doctor in the field, you know, um, he put his brain into another field. He has the brain. You have the brain to become a doctor. You decided to become something else with your lives. So you've learned everything that a doctor would have about this subject. Just don't have a piece of paper. Yeah, so it makes but, such but, sense to me. Yeah, you're, you but you're a lot further down the road because you want to oh, specialize in all I that, love right? That. This is what you congratulations do, on right? that, by the way. I'm yeah. very proud of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's been awesome to watch you. And he talks journey. about it all the time. I think it's very like, <laughs> behind you. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so I took it in my hand because you know what? Um, when I was doing that research and doing all that stuff, so you said it best, brother. Um. Food as medicine, right? When I started going back and, and looking at that information gap in the literature, is that you know doctors, when you came in with an ailment before, they used to say, "Well, 
what'd you change in your diet? Right. That was the first question they used. Oh yeah. So if you came in and you had a swollen elbow or, you know, your hands were all puffy or you, you had headaches and say, well, let's look at your diet. What did, what eating habits have you changed? Right. Now you go into the doctor's office and you say, Oh, you know, doc, my elbow hurts. And like, well, here's your medicine. Mm -hmm. yeah. The symptom and not the cause. Yeah. Right. Giving me metformin for my blood sugar, but not curing my liver. But yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. so Same. And as I was doing the research on the, lifestyle and I and I and I don't like calling it a diet because it's a lifestyle it's an ancient lifestyle it's been around for any of this right it's not a diet and that led to the natural uh research into fasting because fasting and ketogenics go hand in hand for the you know maximum benefits but then but that led to more research that was done by Dr. and we've talked about this before, uh, Dominic Diagostino, right? Who's currently being funded by the Department of Navy and uh, uh, ketogenics on the brain, right? So if the Department of Navy for NSW guys, for you know the SEALs and the special boat guys, and and, and they're funding that for for you know potential problems that rebreathers can have narcosis and stuff on the and the damage. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, impressive. Yeah. So that led to me looking at Dom's studies, but more importantly, what was the natural stuff, right? So when you started looking at the benefits of fasting, uh, it, was, it was through the roof. And then when I found out through that, that fasting not only creates new brain cells, but it also upregulates BDNF, right, which is your, your uh, brain-derived neurotropic uh, uh, factors, right? Is that right? <laughs> what, what are, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, factor, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, was on the right, today. which protects the synopsis of the brain, and that was through fasting, you know, and, and, and I was feeling great, right, so when I was doing the, the, the ketogenic, and then I started looking at guys like Thomas DeLauer and some of these Zach Bitter, some of these athletes and these guys that were doing fasting and doing workouts of fasting states, and 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 I could feel this mental We're going to talk clarity. about fasting if you want to turn on. Well, <laughs> like, I'm thinking we're probably going to have to have a part two. I mean, once I get into these interviews, they just start pulling yeah. along. But the, but the energy, yeah, but right, it, right. It, so I started talk, taking a little bit with the medicine. I was like, you know what? Let's go. Let's see if I can just do the, the morning and not the evening, right? And as I kept doing the fasting and doing the uh, uh, ketogenic uh way of eating and then it got to well let's let's try every other day right and then it got to let's do it boom 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 to the point where i just kept feeling better and better and the mental clarity was coming back the headaches were going away i wasn't having it to the point where i completely stopped uh i just took matters in my own educated myself to figure out how this works and how it all ties together and uh i have never uh, felt better. And uh, so here's a natural segue to, um, to something else. So, well, do you know, it, it, and I don't think it's by any mistake that the Bible and God in particular tells you to fast, uh -oh. right? Mm -hmm. So the Bible mentions uh, fasting 77 times, right? So when I look at now and what happens to your body when you're fasting and the mental clarity and all this other stuff, it's not by accident. God wants you to be in the most uh the the best state that you can be so you can hear his guidance and hear your his words so when you're praying it's intentional it's right it's it's amazing and here's the thing you know all the world religions have uh um 
they have very little in common actually and that's a misconception all they have no they don't they have actually very little in common and it's superficially some things in common but one of the things that they have in common all the world religions have in common is fasting that's the one common denominator in all of them right so rather theistic theistic monotheistic deistic it doesn't matter right uh they all have in common fasting so when you look at the spiritual side of it and then you look at the physical side of it i think it was very intentional that that god because the bible tells you be in a fasted state when you come at me uh it's amazing right and, and the reason is is fasting when you're fasting the the mental clarity when you have the ketogenic life with that is, is <laughs> when we insane. first started we first yeah. started he walked into the kitchen one time and i walked around the corner and we both looked at each other and we and I, <laughs> no, seriously we, we both looked at each other and he goes you feel that i'm like yeah you feel that he says yeah do you feel high i'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah noises ketones were pumping and yeah, it was man. just the i just remember that kitchen that day and it was really neat but you know, it takes a couple of days to clean out your liver. Sure, your sure. We're just get totally different stories, similar but but different. So it takes a couple of days for my blood sugar to drop and to clean out that liver and to and to to uh, get my numbers. My ketones are maybe two two point oh, and uh, blood sugar down to maybe um, eighty. You know that that's a good day. It takes me a couple of days, and the, and the sicker you are, the longer you've been eating carbohydrates your liver and mm -hmm. begin the process of healing every time you eat you gotta start over so yeah. and and i don't anyway the one thing i'm always cautious i don't want to demonize carbohydrates because they're they're there are uh, but what i mean carbohydrates the ones i do demonize i'm talking about the processed carbohydrates right the high the mm -hmm. high starch foods i'm not talking about we eat uh i do you know i, know. I try to get seven <laughs> to ten, ten cups of uh you know, green leafy vegetables a day. It's just mm -hmm. low carbohydrate. And that's the other thing is, is it's not no carbohydrates. It's low up carbohydrates. Up to 50 maybe. He eats up to 50. I try to standard 20. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the you know, the, the, the micronutrients or the phytonutrients that are in your, in your, uh, lean, your dark green leafy vegetables you need, which is ironic though, because a lot of the stuff that you get from the vegetables, your body won't process <laughs> unless you're eating the essential fatty acids right like like vitamin k for example that's in kale and, and c and d and all this other stuff that your body your body can't even utilize it unless you're eating essential fatty acids which are the meats and the fatty because they're telling you to stay away from what yeah. what is your carb limit mine you, is yours yeah personal uh, you look great let me see give a little bit i was, afraid, I was afraid you guys were going to call me oh, out on look at come on baby Shoot, come on it's looking good i know uh, josh is running all these races and everything uh, true true uh full what would i say full disclaimer uh i'm gonna throw myself under the bus since i've moved to europe it's been kind of hard to go full keto so i've kind of stuck to a low carb um, but yeah i mean it's it's been great um plus i'm in the gym like what do you think you I'm in the gym like five hours a day, not just for myself. I'm working with other people, but um, wow. mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I spend a lot of It's one of the things that's been great, you know, not to get off topic, but like I don't really have too much responsibilities. Life here is cheap, and I'm able to experiment with a lot of things that would cost a fortune in the U.S., like uh, uh, the electric muscle simulation. You know, you probably pay somebody a ton of money 
to do that at a health spa or somewhere. I, I have a friend here who does it for 20 bucks, maybe. What'd you think of that? Oh, it was really, it was intense. Um, Did it work? I, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I want to get that guy on and actually do a show about it, but uh, I think it worked great. I think there's a lot of benefits for it. Um, you could get a cardio workout just by standing still with it. Um, it was now I, when I was doing it, I was hitting it pretty hard. I was because I had certain goals I wanted to meet, and I was kind of experimenting with myself again because I could. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was doing it like twice a week at a very high intensity. I, so so, <laughs> I was hurting, but it, it was a fun experience, and I, and I really hope to get him on here to explain how it works because he does it much better than I do. Yeah, I'd love to see that, sure. Um, but it, you did, Josh, make a really good segue with a, a, a good natural segue. And what I'm thinking here as, as we're talking, I would love to have you guys back on because I think you do an awesome job explaining autophagy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if we try to put that on here now, um, I, we, we, might be, we, might, we might be competing with uh, Dave over who can talk the longest. <laughs> well, it's time. And I hope he hears that and, and gets a good laugh out of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, he's coming back yeah. this way. He's in stationed out here, so we're going to be linking up. One one thing I did want to uh, ask you about, since you brought it up. Um, so I got the Wellness for Vets site. That's kind of how I started with this. I really didn't know what direction I was going to go. I knew what my – I sort of had a goal. I just didn't know how to get there. Then I got my – you know, started getting my trainer certifications and nutrition certifications. I'm like, well, I got all these certifications. Let me reach out to other people who don't know where to start. Um, yes. so then I started the, the Trinity fitness. It's sort of the, the paramilitary wing of wellness for the vets. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just, that's, that's like strictly exercise and, and things like that. Uh -huh. But what our thing is body, mind, and fitness. You yep. can take that. However, your body, mind, and fit, body, mind, and spirit. I should have worn my other shirt cause it's written on there. Yeah. Um, and, and to different people, that means different things, but I know yeah. you guys are very spiritual um, and, and devout Christians. So everything that we've talked about, your career, the, the hard times, the, the ailments, and, and this, this basically new life, you know, where was the spiritual guidance or leadership in that for you? Yeah, so that's, that's interesting, brother, because I wasn't always that way. Uh, I know that it, I'm very proud in my, my situation. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, I had a I had a very long, hard walk. Um, you know, I was an atheist. I wasn't raised in a church. I told you I was poor. And there's a, there's a million reasons for that. Um, and and when you're not raised in the church, and then you go off to combat at an early age, young age, like I did, right? And you find yourselves in the jungle of South America. You do all that stuff. And when you see what a man is capable of doing to another man. Uh, you question, you know, how could there be a God, right? And, and so I was a guy that would mock God, uh, you know, criticize him because he can't be real because you left all that stuff. That was ignorance on my part, right? And then as Marty and I walked through this and, and God, I can see it now back in my life on how he kept pursuing both of us. Uh, and, and, and we found ourselves through some extraordinary circumstances in church and learning. And, and it went from just... So I'll tell you, so you talk about, it was 2003, brother, uh, when that walk started for me, man, uh, when when I was with First Force, right? And you remember I was with First and we were getting ready to go in. I remember standing on that berm, 30 some years old at that time, never prayed in my life. 
uh, and I remember looking up and, and, and feeling this anxiety, right? Um, you know, it's one thing to be a trigger puller, but then, you know, as, as that other career we progress, you know, now I'm the one that's, that's the, the, the lives of these men are in my hand, but not only that, if I, if I mess up, what if I lead these guys to an ambush or what if I cause innocent civilians to get killed because I'm wrong? I messed up with the information, right? I had so much stress uh, and I'd already been to combat twice before this, you know, so combat wasn't new, but that anxiety in there. And I just remember 37 years old, never prayed ever in my life. And I remember looking up, looking out at that burn man into Iraq. And I remember saying, you know, <laughs> you know if you're real, if you're real, just watch over my girls, you know, and this is before Cameron's third birthday. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you, man, I, I felt somebody, not somebody, I felt God, uh, you know, wrap me like in a hug and, and, and put his hand on my back and saying, if you believe in me, then I got your back. And, uh, and I don't even know what I was saying, man, but I remember standing on that berm saying, you know, God, if uh, uh, I believe you're my savior, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for me uh, and I accept you. And then didn't even know what that meant. Didn't even know what those words meant. I uttered them and that sense of calm and that peace that came over me was, was incredible. My walk back. There's a song by a heavy metal Christian band, uh, called the disciple right and they got this song called back again if you ever get a chance to read those lyrics uh because as i again i was a skeptic man i you know i accepted jesus but i didn't know what it meant so i went the apologetics route first and and, and it took me a long time even though i accepted jesus i didn't actually start going to church with marty until uh 2000 I was the chief one officer then Four. so i would no, 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 no. I was after that. I was already a chief warrant officer because I had, I took hickey. You don't want to guys. fight on camera, honey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but it went to church to we started going full, and there was a bunch of extraordinary events. We talked about that some other time that just kept lending, and I kept learning and learning and learning. And, uh, you know, there's a parable of the 99 where there's always that one sheep that goes away, but Jesus goes after that one. Well, I was that one, and I can see the dots, and I can see it in our life. So spiritually, I say, you know, when you look at your body, you look at your health, you got to be your greatest advocate and you got to know uh, what you want in your life. Don't let people influence you. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in your, uh, your self-advocacy, right? Because you know what's there. And, and God is one of the bodies, man, that can do some really incredible things. If you look uh, at that, I'm telling you, man, it'll help you with your, your spiritual life. So mind, body, and spirit are, uh, they got to go hand in hand, right? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but, oh, but what I wanted to talk, and, and one major point, I'm sorry. Uh, so this is what I, what started me started thinking about. And I stood up, you know, my own vets group, Jedediah's Jim. because you and I have lost a lot of friends and we've lost a lot of colleagues, right? They've taken their own lives. And I started reflecting on that and i started saying you know why and i did suffer from ptsd and it's not something i talk about a lot it's not something i showed you guys uh i kept it up um marty saw it 
you know, uh, but it never went full blown like it could have. Uh, and, and I started reflecting on why, why is that? And, and it was because I was strong in my faith. So I started turning to my faith and more pill for answers. I started turning to the, the fellowship and the camaraderie with other vets and spirit. I knew that no matter what, that God had my back, right? Ever since 2003. And so I stood up Jedediah's porch with the, the, the goal of establishing fellowship uh, and community service in a safe place where we could explore our questions of faith, man. I had hard questions, man. Why does God allow evil and all this other stuff, you know, because of my past and my experience in this fellowship. But if you get right here in your head, you get right in your heart. Uh, like Marty reminded me, and this is my mantra that I live by today. And, it, and it's something that she always tell me, cause she's always kid me, uh, kid around with me and say, you know, well, you could, you could be in a little black boat somewhere. You could be miserable, right? And she goes, it could be cold. Oh, you could be. Come home shaking for hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cold. So, miserable. so my mantra now is, and I live by, it, right? Is my boots are dry and nobody's shooting at me. Life is pretty good. Right. But for you fully, picture. But for you to fully appreciate that though, right? <laughs> To feel good about yourself, you gotta, your hormones got to be right in your body. And if you're not eating right and you're not taking right. care, care of your body, you're going to be depressed, right? Because you're not sleeping right. Uh, and if you're not sleeping right, you're going to be depressed. You're going to have stress. You're going to have anxiety, right? And if, you're, and if you're overweight and you hate your life and all these things, yeah. it all plays together. Hold on. Real quick, um, we, have, we have a girl, Cameron, who's 18. And 19. 19. She's 19. Oh, to be older too. Uh, you need to put it on your shirt. So you remember. <laughs> right? Yes. Hand, little writing on my hand. Um, anyway, they came home. She and Heather, um, I don't know if she'd get into all that, but um, her best friend at the time came home uh, for Christmas. Nutshell, we changed their diets. It was a little bit of a struggle. It was a month at home. A little bit of this. Uh, but we encouraging and showing and setting the example with our food and satiating that <laughs> and, and making wonderful sugar products, sugary, mm -hmm. sweet, low carb stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, they made the switch. My girl has struggled with depression, depression up and down. And we were, we actually considered talking about medication like oh no 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 sweetie listen you gotta try this and it's been since december and it's night and day for her her life is night and day she sent me a text and to do also with faith the text i wish i could pull it up and quote it perfectly but i believe she said i'm fasting sipping my tea and reading my bible thank you for changing my life and you can't get a better text from your daughter. And she's been pretty stable ever since. Really feeling that she's sleeping better. It's changed her whole mood and it's changed our lives just watching her. Well, that's, that's great. And I'm really glad to hear that. Um, yeah. If, if we do this again, actually, I, I had on my list of questions I wanted to ask you. Um, 
because I know your girl, your kids are older. You know, we'll, we'll have to revisit that again. I was wondering how this lifestyle change had uh, impacted them, but it sounds like it's on the right track. In, the, in my phone, please. Um, yeah, we'd love to visit with you again, sir. Yeah, no. Josh, I want you to, uh, if you could, go ahead and, and say the name of your group again. If you guys have a website, you can mention that. I do. It's a, it's a, it's a Facebook page right now. It's Jedediah's Porch. Spelled Jedediah from that's a big one. Yeah. Porch. Jedediah's Porch. Right. Uh, and you you can see it. We got crossed M4s with the, uh, behind a cross. Right. You, it's inside at Facebook. It'll be at Jedediah's Porch. Yeah. Great. And, uh, we do a lot of stuff, man, but you know, food, food is medicine, man. And if, if, if your body feels like crap, Fast. your, your, your outlook <laughs> on life is completely different, right? It's completely different, man. So start with the That's foods right. that God gave you, man. That's right. and, and I do want everybody to know, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to speak for you guys for a minute, if you don't mind. So Josh and Marty, Joe, they, they do uh, do numerous fasts. They, they've done shorter intermittent fasts you know 16 to 18 hours they've done longer ones 24 40 hours and one of you guys just did a five day right i do a lot Twice. of five days five yeah. I've, I've gone almost six and it's not that i'm hungry at the end of that i just i know i've built some stem cells up and my autophagy's good and i like mm -hmm. eating with this guy mm -hmm. cooking so i just ate so i could go longer and i should go longer um i'm, I'm at, all I'm about at, i'm at 19 hours right all now about it yeah, and, I ate before yesterday, something or other. And you both are very physically active. Marty, yeah. you're a fitness instructor, right? I started, yeah, I teach dance classes. Refit, R-E-F-I-T. No need. I don't have a website. Rock and refit. <laughs> Rock and refit. On she has Facebook, a Facebook page, Rock and refit. But what you yeah. can do, if anybody likes refit, you can go on YouTube and do those dances on there. Okay. It's fun. <laughs> and Josh, you like to participate in these uh, endurance events, and I think you just qualified for something, didn't you? Uh, yeah, so I was a time I've been a seated runner, right? So I got to, to qualify in that. Uh, yeah, so I do all my workouts in a fasted state, everyone. So when I'm running these half marathons and these marathons and the, the 10K, uh, and I did set uh, yesterday, I ran that race, I set a, a personal record, right? Yeah. So for me, and I and I do all of these in a fasted state. Um, yeah. Yanescu sent yeah, me all these questions to ask to you guys that I'm going to have to put on my next outline. <laughs> yeah. You knew there'd be bunny holes. Come on. I know. I, 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 I an image of how this thing was going to go, and I totally failed to uh, develop my lead sheet. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I've had a blast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, I definitely see – at least two or three more interviews. I'm getting a big thumbs up on, on your presentation, so. <laughs> oh, so sweet. I, I appreciate it. It's nice chatting with you. Thank you, you for too. talking. Uh, and I look forward to seeing your posts and everything, and uh, good good luck with everything that's going on, and we'll be in touch. Any Great. any parting thoughts or anything you want to throw out there? I, I think we've hit a lot. Yeah, so my I guess my parting thought is be your own advocate. If you take nothing away from this interview, just be your own advocate. Do your own research, man. Mm -hmm. Test your blood sugar. Get a ketones tester. Um, what's the name? Keto of Mojo. Keto Mojo. Are we allowed to do that? A, and, yeah. 
This, is, this is what happens. See, I've, I've tried to say goodbye like three times, but now you're yeah. hitting all these yeah. questions that keep coming up. Any <laughs> test to confirm the health changes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, ketone sticks, blood, blood ketones, and, and blood sugar. Monitor those. Write them down. Keep logs. Log king. Keto king, log king. It's so nice to be able to look at it. So that, that would be my advice. Take care of yourself because like you said, we're all completely different and you need to do what's right for you. For sure. Do your research. Yes. Yeah, stay off the scale, man. Um, so going into that, I was, again, I was very skeptical and I thought about muscle. Yeah, we'll let go. We'll talk about it. But I measured my muscle before and then I did it in 30, 60, 90 day periods to see. And, and uh, I didn't lose my, in fact, I grew muscle, right? Yeah. But I lost the body fat and grew the muscle, which was amazing. Okay. All right, man. We'll let you back. go. All yeah, right, we'll guys. Thanks for coming on, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Uh, we're gonna, you know, clean this thing up, and uh, when when it's done. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. When when it's done, uh, you'll have plenty of notice because I'll probably have it posted in like ten different places. <laughs> All right, okay. man. All right. Yeah. All right. God bless. Bye. God bless, Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs>